Hello, Devlin here with you, and welcome to another Mondo Nostalgia podcast. Thank you for taking some time out of your day to press play and sit back, listen, grab yourself a drink. Actually, I should have done that myself. I usually have a drink by my side, but if you hear me starting to choke up or that, I might have to pause it and grab one, but I will try to do it au naturel, without water. Um, au naturel, wait, that sounds more like me doing it in the nude. I'm not going to say what I'm wearing right now. Um, I'll leave that to your own uh, imaginations. Anyhow, thank you for tuning in, and we've got another great half-hour show for you. And uh, I will try to keep it as close to a half-hour as possible, but we've got a topic today that I could just talk on for hours and hours. And maybe if you know me, we probably have talked a little bit about it for hours and hours. Uh, Basically... Back to school happened within the last couple of weeks, and September always gets me thinking about, like, the fall, a new year starting, and uh, also it makes me think of the Flintstones. Now, the Flintstones have nothing to do with school, but for me it's a big part of my school memory due to the fact that I was lived close to my school, and uh, I actually got to go home for lunches, which was nice because I got a nice warm lunch. And to my luck, the Flintstones ran on our local TV station. Uh, Channel 9 and 13 would air it, and so if you missed one, you could watch the other. Or sometimes when they're around the same time, you could pick which episode you wanted to see. And as a kid growing up in the 70s and 80s, That was my way of watching the Flintstones. Um, It originally aired in the 60s, but that's how I became ingratiated to it, is those afternoon lunches where, you know, my mother would make me some French toast or some grilled cheese, and I would put the Flintstones on before I had to run back to school. And as I grow older and meet more people growing up in the 70s and 80s, I realize just how much people have a fondness for the fact that they went home and watched the Flintstones too. In fact, that was their introduction around here in Canada, which was awesome. Uh, because the show was actually an adult-themed show when it first came out. It was actually the first animated primetime show, and it was, you know, focusing on an adult audience. In fact, they even had a cigarette company uh, basically promote them. There are lots of YouTube uh, commercials where you will see Fred and Barney and Wilma and Betty enjoying a cigarette. I believe it was Winston's, but I could be wrong. But anyhow, yeah, it was an adult show. But uh, just a decade later, it was airing in the 70s and 80s uh, for kids. And it's fine. It's not like, you know, it's not like an animated show like Simpsons or Family Guy or, or King on the Hill where there's some adult humor in it. The Flintstones does have adult humor, but not a lot of innuendo and stuff. It's, it's, it's actually a pretty clean show for kids to watch but that doesn't mean it didn't have biting themes and we'll talk about that later Uh, I watched the Flintstones for the majority of it eventually when I got older I turned the channel to CKVR and watched Leave it to Beaver for my lunch hours because I'd seen the Flintstones so much but the Flintstones always endear me I have a lot of Flintstones toys a lot of memorabilia 
Um, I just love that stone-aged family. Here's some background for you people who might be tuning in that don't know much about the Flintstones. They aired on ABC and they aired from September 30th, 1960 to April 1st, 1966. And that, of course, I, as I said, it was the first cartoon in prime time and it led the way for others. But no one was as successful as the Flintstones in prime time until The Simpsons showed up and, of course, you know, blew it away with being on for decades. Flintstones were only on six seasons and they gathered 166 episodes. And so at the time it was very impressive. Even though The Simpsons beat it pretty much in every step of the way, I still think the Flintstones are around because of that love. And, you know, even little kids today know who Fred and Dino and Barney and Pebbles and all the rest of the cast are. And it's because of that legacy. And the show was, as I said, a success. And then it showed up in lots of incarnations throughout the 70s and 80s. And I watched a lot of those too. They, you know, I remember stuff like the Flintstone Kids. I remember uh, the Flintstones and the new Schmoo. And if you don't know who the Shmoo is, check that out. But I probably just opened up some memories for some of you people uh, of my age. And uh, even uh, Big Pebbles and Bam Bam had a show when they became teenagers. And uh, that's a whole different controversy that we may save for another podcast or memory lane. But the original Flintstones was basically... It's easy to say it was a ripoff of the Honeymooners. And I always heard that and never wanted to believe it. But now that I've actually started watching some of the old Honeymooners again, I really see that the characters are very similar, like even some of the situations. But sorry for you Honeymooners fans. I think the Flintstones just, to me, took it, to a higher level and uh, but Jackie Gleason even considered suing them but he decided not to at the last minute just due to the fact that he uh, he liked the show a lot he thought it was kind of a tribute and his lawyers basically said do you really want to be that guy who sued the Flintstones and he decided not to worry about it and I think that's good. I wish more people took the high road that way. And honestly, the Flintstones is such a carbon copy of the Honeymooners. But if any of you watched the Honeymooners, they only had a couple of sets. And the Flintstones, because they were cartoon, they were able to go just about anywhere. And they did. The early seasons of the Flintstones dealt with adult themes and they also dealt with you know living in stone age times there were a lot of course jokes about you know the animals and stuff or how inventions were made and you know they'd have like the elephant who was also their their sink and the you know the the elephant's nose and you know the monkeys were helping and pigs as garbage disposals uh, so there was a lot of humor in that, but they also dealt with some bigger themed issues. Um, uh, I always talk about this because I, I am a fan of watching old shows that people write off as fluff. And then I remind them that, well, it's not because they actually 
tackled some big topics. Now, yeah, they didn't tackle big topics like in an all-in-the-family way or how shows do it now, but they did deal with some stuff. Uh, Fred had some serious gambling issues that was dealt in a couple of episodes, and he'd always have that weird look on his face face and just go bad 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 and th that was dealt with in there like it was just a serious topic that they dealt with that Fred couldn't control betting like they didn't just deal with it in a way that was just kind of simple and a throwaway they dealt with it in the fact that Fred was a compulsive gambler my other one I like to state is um, when Pebbles shows up uh, the rubbles come over all the time to spend time with Pebbles and then Fred says you know we don't want you here as often we don't want you here so they dream of having their own child and uh, it there's this beautiful scene where they're you know Barney's comforting Betty because they can't have their own children and they wish on a I believe it's a star or a comet or something but it's kind of implied that Betty and Barney cannot have kids. Now, whether that means she can't have kids or maybe Barney's, you know, blowing blanks, we don't know. But, you know, they eventually get Bam Bam because it's Bam Bam's left on the doorstep. And uh, it's, 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 to me, that was huge that they dealt with infertility. And maybe they didn't deal with it, you know, they didn't go to like a, a clinic or something to get it fixed out. They just had the, you know, well, we wished on a star and somebody left this child. But even the fact that somebody abandoned Bam Bam and somewhere out there was parents that didn't want to deal with him. And that's, again, huge. Now, I know some of you are thinking, I think you're reading way more into this, but that's the fun thing about TV shows is that, I do overanalyze them. I can have talks about Gilligan's Island and Brady Bunch and talk about, like, you know, deeper meanings into the films because they were kind of limited back then. So the fact that the Flintstones even attempted this kind of stuff was pretty big. Now, the Flintstones always kind of had a cynicism to them because, you know, Fred and Barney were best friends, but they were always, you know, going after one another. They were always fighting and stuff like that. But it wasn't until when Pebbles showed up, um, about halfway through, I think she came around season three or four. I'm not that much of a Flintstone connoisseur that I know, but um, yeah, she showed up. And a lot of people thought that it lost its edge because it became a family show now. And a lot of the stories did rely on Pebbles. And then when Bam Bam showed up, totally dealt with that as well. By the sixth season, uh, they were starting to run out of ideas, which is kind of how the Honeymooners was too. And again, the Flintstones got to try something a little different. They managed to get, uh, they wrote in a character called the Great Gazoo, who was um, voiced by the wonderful Harvey Corman. And the Great Gazoo was just this little Martian that basically could do magic and it gave Fred and Barney an opportunity to take the Flintstones and the Rubbles and put them in other situations uh, which helped a little bit but a lot of people didn't like the Great Gazoo. I, I never had a problem with Gazoo. It was strange that 
suddenly this Martian just shows up and, you know. But, you know what? It's fantasy and stuff. So, what can you say about it? So, it's, um, that was its run of its course. And then, after the sixth season, they decided that, you know, it was kind of costly doing an animated show. Everybody felt they ran its course and decided it was just time to call it quits. And uh, that was pretty much the run of the Flintstones, except the fact that with 166 episodes, they ran it in syndication, and that's where pretty much its really big fan base came and how generations, even today, you can either find the... Flintstones on streaming, you can find it on cable TV, or you can find it, you know, in a DVD collection. And uh, lots of Flintstones stuff out there, as I said, from, they did a feature-length movie right after the movie uh, was, uh, after the TV series was cancelled, they actually did a feature-length movie called A Man Called Flintstone, where Fred is mistaken as a spy. It was actually a theatrical movie, and it didn't do too bad at the theaters. I actually remember watching it a couple times. I haven't watched it in ages, and I really should. But I remember as a kid not really liking it because it didn't have that tight formula of the original series and stuff like that in it. And I, I, just some of the musical numbers and stuff. So um, my favorite uh, episode of... Um, the Flintstones for me was uh, the episode where Fred has to plan two parties, Pebble's birthday party and a stag. Um, I don't even know if they call it a stag in there, but it's basically a party for someone getting married. And he hires a clown for Pebbles and he hires dancing girls for the other. And as a kid, even as a kid, I just loved the sequences with the dancing girls in it. Um, that's where, you know, you, they do like the can-can and it would be like... I even think I found a clip from my Mondo Nostalgia. Uh, what is Mondo Nostalgia? Because I just am so endeared with it. I love the concept of the dancing girls wind up at Pebble's innocent first birthday and this clown who's trying to make these guys laugh who are looking to drink and and see dancing girls and i thought it was kind of provocative at the time i also liked a lot of the episodes where they had guest appearances uh, my favorite being of course ann margrock uh, she was becoming a big star and when they asked her it, it's just a memorable role she does a couple of songs um, i love the song she does with fred and barney at the talent show, but I just adore the lullaby she sings to Pebbles. I'm actually getting cheered up. <laughs> I'm making myself laugh because I'm thinking of that, you know, the first little lamb as she's putting Pebbles to sleep, and I'm actually like got tears of joy in my my eyes right now. So <laughs> I need a tissue. I might need a drink too, but I'm good. I'm good. Uh, she, they also had like Stony Curtis. Well, of course, Tony Curtis. They also had Bewitched on there, and lots of other great things. And that showed you the success of the Flintstones, that big celebrities could come on it. 
I love talking with people and seeing how endeared they are to the Flintstones. Um, everybody has their favorite characters, whether you liked Fred, who was this boisterous big guy, but he had really a big heart. It was just hard to find. And then you had Barney Rubble, who was just, you know, this sweet friend. He was kind of goofy, kind of silly, but he always tried to lead Fred in the right way, even though it didn't work. Wilma, of course, was a loving wife. She was tough. She had to be tough. And I, I was watching an episode the other day in preparation to do this podcast. And I asked my partner, Mike, I said, you know all those sitcoms where the wife's really skinny and they have a chubby husband? Is the Flintstones one of the first to do it? But, of course, he reminded me, well, no, because they ripped it off of the Honeymooners. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we'll go with that. Because even, like, The Simpsons has a chubby husband and a skinnier wife. So, but anyhow. But I lost my train of thought. Or, you know, Betty, who was kind of the sweet, you know, with that cute little laugh. I'm not even going to try to do it because I'm not Rosie O'Donnell and I can't <laughs> do it. Or, you know, maybe your favorite was Dino or Pebbles and Bam Bam. Um, my, I actually liked Bam Bam. I, uh... I liked Bam Bam. I don't know why. I just thought he was a cute character, and I liked that he had superpowers. In fact, I always wondered if that was the reason he was abandoned, was because he was seen as different. Because if you remember, he had that strength. Even, like, as a baby, he would crush Fred's hand. And it was just weird to do. I think it plays off the caveman thing. But the thing you can tell them is that when Pebbles and Bam Bam actually show up, you can't say they copied the Honeymooners, because as far as I know, the Honeymooners never had kids on their show. So they kind of took the Honeymooners and, and made it their own. The episode where Fred thinks that they sing is also another one. The song, Open Up Your Heart and Let the Sunshine In, kind of warms my heart. And it actually, I do have a copy of it on my playlist on my MP3, but I also have a remake of it that a couple people have done. And um, it just it instills great visuals, you know, Pebbles and Bam Bam just performing that song. Um, Bam Bam, as I said, was one of my favorite characters. I liked that he was just different. Um, and, you know, it probably did play off the caveman, you know. He was, you know, this, you know, overachieving baby. And that's why I had problems with when they became teenagers on their own show, Pebbles and Bam Bam show. I uh, I had problems because Bam Bam didn't have those powers anymore. He They didn't even talk about them. They just decided he didn't have them anymore. And that kind of just made him this kind of goofy teen-looking thing that I still liked him. He was still good-hearted and stuff, but I just thought it was weird that they would totally eliminate that character and the other thing that also kind of bothered me about that show was and this wasn't till later on when I watched the series with my partner Mike because he tends to look at the realism of it but he made a comment about how they had a new pet uh, I ha think they had this little triceratops I could be wrong I want to say his name is Snorky or something but they never mentioned Dino and he wondered if Dino had passed on or something but I think he showed up in later series of the show because as I said they did do a lot more
They did do a couple of TV movies as well. I only watched bits and pieces of them because, you know, I was kind of disillusioned when they became, <laughs> um, uh, you know, when Pebbles and Batman became adults and stuff. I was like, I don't know if I need to see them get married or see them getting older and stuff like that. And uh, one of their Christmas specials I actually thought wasn't very good at all. I want to say it's the Flintstones Christmas Carol which I've seen so many renditions of the Christmas Carol. That could be the reason why. But overall, I just had some problems with it. They also did uh, two uh, live-action movies uh, that I saw both in the theaters. Uh, the first one that starred um, John Goodman and uh, Rick Moranis and Rosie O'Donnell and Elizabeth Perkins, I believe, also had like Liz Taylor in it and Kyle MacLachlan and Halle Berry. I was obsessed with that movie when it came out. I was so excited for it. And when it came out, I actually really like it. I understand the complaints it had because they actually picked a lot of the adult type storylines, which is okay. But when you're pushing a family film, you were surprised that they didn't deal with other things. But I actually really liked it still. And I love how they put the world, like seeing the Flintstones come to life. It just, and seeing, you know, the houses and the inventions and that just blew me away. And John Goodman and Rick Moranis were perfect in the role of um, Fred and Barney. And, you know, I know a lot of people put down Rosie O'Donnell for it. And she only got the role because she actually had Betty's giggle down to a, you know, science. But the truth of the matter is, is I actually think that she did a, a pretty good job with it. The other movie they came out with, The Flintstones, was an international success. And it was directed by Brian Levant, who was a huge Flintstone fan. And to me, that is why it did so well, um, is because he had attention to detail. And even though some people had problems with the plot, just to me, it was really well put together. And that he actually came back for the sequel, which was called Flintstones 2 Viva Rock Vegas. I remember also going to see this in the theaters. None of the originals showed up. Um, in fact, now it was Mark Addy as Fred, Stephen Baldwin as Barney, Kristen Johnson as Wilma, and Jane Krakowski as Betty. This was a prequel to the Flintstones, and it showed how... Fred and Barney met Wilma and Betty, which was was quite nice. The movie itself was not great. Um, they tried their best. Um, I think Mark Addy and Stephen Baldwin tried, but I don't know. I think they got kind of lost in trying to sound like the cartoon Fred and Barney and, you know, also the John Goodman, Rick Moranis. Uh, Fred and Barney. So I think they kind of got lost in that. Uh, things I did like about it is I really like Joan Collins, who took over the Elizabeth Taylor role. I thought she was really good. Um, I also liked seeing young Dino. Um, Dino is a puppy, uh, almost worth the price of admission. 
Um, almost, but not so much. But I just liked seeing him. He looked great. Um, yeah, I maybe I have a fondness for Dino. I recently found out my partner has a fondness for Dino. I didn't know this. Um, I like this. But you think living with somebody for over 20 years, you'd have known that by now. But I remember bringing home a stuffed Dino a couple of months ago, and he really liked it. But, you know, the other day I just noticed he... He always kind of like pet the Dino when he went by. And I said, oh, you really like that Dino? And he said, I actually always like Dino. <laughs> so I like that. And uh, they did try to bring the Great Gazoo in the second movie, which would have been the first movie, which made it really awkward. He looked really strange. He was played by Alan Cummings. And although I think he caught the spirit of Gazoo, I think it looked a little too weird. And I think Gazoo gets a bad rap. Uh, the Great Gazoo is kind of like the Cousin Oliver in the Brady Bunch world. Uh, I actually don't have a problem with the Great Gazoo. I think he, he should get more love than he does. But, you know, people just have troubles with him. So what can I say? Um, yeah, I, I love the Flintstones. I can still put on an episode now and again. As I said, I do try to watch anything new with the Flintstones. There have been a lot of new incarnations. Seth uh, McFarland is a big Flintstones fan, and he has desperately tried to bring the Flintstones back in a new way, but that project seems to have folded a few times. And I believe the Cartoon Network tried to bring a more edgier version that was a little too edgy, and I think it scared people off because I think it aired one episode, or, or maybe it didn't even air, but you can find clips of that. Uh, on the thing. I don't know if Corda would be able to find clips of that, but uh, if she does, watch the YouTube of the podcast. Uh, I like giving her challenges, but uh, we'll see. But uh, anyhow, I, yeah, I could talk the Flintstones forever. Uh, lots of great episodes. I was even popping in my head as we talk. The episode where they're spies and that woman that always would be like, I'm too important to die and she'd be pressing buttons on the wall and she'd disappear but she'd always show up to help them at the last minute i i love that kind of stuff um yeah and so uh that is my look at the flintstones do you have a fondness for the flintstones who's your favorite character what's your favorite episode i'd love to hear from you write it down in the comments or just tell me what you like or what you don't like about the Flintstones. Maybe you didn't grow up with the Flintstones and you don't like it as much today. I'd love to hear all of that. I'd like a conversation. I'd love to talk about the Flintstones. There's just so much avenues and episodes and, and just so much out there about the Flintstones. Uh, so, yeah, if you like this episode, definitely hit like. And don't forget to subscribe. I talk about lots of different things. Uh, from newer stuff to older stuff to just about anything. And yeah, tune in each week on Thursdays to find out what I'm going to be talking about next. You just never know. With that being said, I think today's a good day to binge watch some Flintstones, get a couple of episodes going, and just remembering how they made me feel. Maybe I'll have to make some French toast because that'll make me feel like when I went back to school. It was one of my favorite things to eat while I watch the Flintstones. Anyhow, thank you again for tuning in play, 
and I appreciate your continued support of Mondo Nostalgia. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel before you leave. See all the other great stuff we do here. And until then, I'll see you next time.